0: So, Andrew, you've been a body worker for a while, and you know how do your ideas about body-mind relate to that experience as a body worker?
1: Okay. Um, well, I, um, I've i been doing that about 20 years now, over 20 years, and um, um, about 10 years ago I realized that uh, a lot of people coming in with physical problems actually had some level of dissociation and it was the dissociation which was creating the physical problem and um so um I um so I went off so one of the courses I did was with the sensory motor psychotherapy Institute they they do a, a basic module for body workers and that gave me a few extra tools to work with um, and and um, and I started to explore this a little bit more and um basically um the conclusion i've come to is that um most people in society ha- have some level of uh, let's call it fragmentation mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not fully embodied they're not fully in their body and that can be um that can be just a um a small part of their body it can be a um a limb it can be one side of the body um, it can be a layer of physiology or a layer of, let's say, awareness, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: and um, and if that is missing, then um, then the body doesn't seem to know how to repair itself. So and I, le-
0: let's talk a little bit about some more concrete examples of this kind of dissociation. Mm-hmm. um you know not because in a way uh, if we ask people are you fully embodied yes i am you know or so <laughs> so, so 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 how how does it show up
1: well you you know th- this is the thing because um um everyone has an awareness of of how they are and who they are and that is that is their basic level of experience so if something's missing you don't know if something's missing yeah. <laughs> Um, you, you you only know what you're aware of and i've i've talked with people about this for well well over ten years sort of you know what 's your experience in your body and um, the number of different answers and different ways people do it um, 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 it 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 made me wonder at one point how we communicate with each other because everyone 's experience it, there is such a radical difference between different people mm mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. Um, so, um, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, um, it, it, it's quite extraordinary. So, um, so, yeah, how do you, how do you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so maybe
0: some examples of, uh, of, of people not noticing in a way, uh, the way they're disembodied. How does it show up? How do you notice it? How,
1: uh, all right. So, um, the 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 most obvious one all right, so you get this this young guy who is has broken a leg um, um, in a car accident or something like that, and it's his first intimation of mortality, so he's terrified of this broken leg and um and so essentially he dissociates from it so so he he doesn't want to know about it uh it's painful he doesn't want to know the pain. He doesn't want to recognise that he's had such a big injury, which tells him that actually he's mortal, and um, and so he disinhabits that part of the body to a degree that then the leg doesn't heal, the break doesn't heal properly. So he can be in a cast for a, for six months, and it's still not healed properly. So then, um, if 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 his awareness is brought back into that part of the body. And he starts to relate to it in a in 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 a proper way then then the the bone fracture heals straight away it's, it's, it it's It does what it should do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the simplest example i can
0: that's a very striking one yeah so yeah. Is, is it okay to find maybe one or two others just to to show the range of ways in which it can show up
1: um yeah okay um um so we've got these interesting phrases like i'm someone beside themselves." Um, and so um, um, so this this sort of uh, this dissociation also it, it, it um, sometimes people literally they displaced to one side so there's a um, um, i <laughs> i have quite a sort of a it's quite a holistic kind of Model, so it's difficult talking about one thing without talking about. Other yeah, things. no,
0: but that's okay. That's okay. We can. It's, it's a it's, it's a complex thing.
1: Yeah. So consciousness is like a consciousness. My experience of it is like a field, mm-hmm. uh, and um, and ideally that field is meshed together with the body, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. And um, and so if that field is not meshed in with the body, then it can, it can actually move to, in different directions, it can move up, it can move to one side, backwards, I guess, whatever direction. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a, a common pattern is that it actually moves to one side. Now, the proprio- the proprioceptive senses are linked in to this layer of what I call, conscious <laughs> Again, the vocabulary is difficult because yeah. uh you, you know some of this is a bit intangible and um so what are we describing which words do we use but okay, so I'm saying there's a, there's a, there's a layer of something that I'm calling consciousness if if it displaces so it is to one side, then the proprioceptive mechanisms in the body think that is where the body is, mm-hmm. so then muscles of the body will start to work as if. It's weight is actually displaced say six inches or a foot to one side. And mm-hmm. another set of muscles have to kick in because if everything just works as if the body is, is over there by a foot, then you'll fall over. Mm. So a set of muscles has got to work in order to stop you falling over. So this is, um, so this is a common cause of a whole load of spinal problems and muscular pain. Um, it's simply, the muscles that are working really hard are trying to stop people falling over because the rest of the muscles are working as if they're not specifically in that place. They're slightly to the side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then they go and they have ultrasound. They get someone to pound the muscles and kind of, you know, um, um, uh, no pain, no gain, all this sort of stuff. And what they're doing is they're... Um, um, they're are actually punishing these muscles, which are tr- which are holding them up, which mm-hmm. are they're the, the ones that are sore, are the ones that are chronically tight, because they're 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 trying to do something useful.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's a very interesting piece. So that uh, you know the you see the person having problems with balance or the muscles being very tight. So you start, you know, the cure is to pound them or to do some stuff at the at the body level. But what mm-hmm. you're describing is um, you have two fields that, you know, and say fields, uh, visually you can imagine that as two sheets of paper, uh, mm-hmm. which is the, the body and say the mind, and the, the representation of the body and the mind. And in an ideal case, the two sheets of paper would be overlapping. Yes. But if one is a little bit askew, uh, mm-hmm. then what's happening is the perception that the person has of his body is that it's six inches to the side. And then the muscles are going to be acting that way, and then there is a counter.
1: It's it's not quite. You see, okay. somebody, somebody doesn't think that their body's to one side because there are all these other senses which tell them it's not.
0: Okay. So
1: look at your body, and you can see it's like it's here. Right. And you can, and you when you touch something, you can feel that there's a level of proprioception which is um, um, uh, uh, which is really to do with. Um, There's a lot of layers of energy, and kind of um, one of them um, is quite interesting. Like um, it's kind of the same level of energy that the acupuncture meridians are on, and um, the meridians are the superficial parts of it. And when you get deeper, there's like there's almost like a there's almost like a second skeleton um, as as a structural. uh, arrangement. So there's like a, it's like a matchstick man, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Which um, is, uh, which is the field of the, the network of these, uh, en- these energy points.
1: Yes. So it should go, so this matchstick man kind of should go down in front of the spine and then down the legs. And, um, um, it's quite interesting during pregnancy because actually this, um, uh, you've kind of got to make way for the baby. So what happens is, is, um, is this thing splits. Um, um, if someone's pregnant and, um, um, and makes room for the baby by a little triangular structure forming instead of it going right down, um, through the middle of the abdomen. So, um, um, so, um, <laughs> a couple of times I've actually been able to say to someone, you know, you're, you're pregnant before they even knew. Hmm. So there's this because this energetic separation had, uh, had started. So this, so it's this, it's this level that um, um, that tends to go to the side, um, and um, well, it's, this is one of the levels. And the thing about the body when you get to an energetic level is there are there are a lot of layers, and they um, they kind of alternate, sort of on one. You 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 start off with a something that is very structured and 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 almost crystalline, and then you go to something that's very amorphous, and then the next layer up again has a lot of structure, and then the next layer up is quite amorphous. So, um, um, it, it, and, and all of these are related to, one way or another, they're related to consciousness, because... If
0: but so So, as we're talking about, in a way, what you're saying, as you're talking about the body... Um, you 're not talking about the body as one thing, but you 're already pointing out to these layers mm-hmm. and um, and in layers um, again we 're not talking about things and disparate pieces, but we 're talking about networks, energy relationships mm-hmm. um, you know uh, as opposed to just uh, an inert thing
1: yes totally um, and um, um, and and uh the the I find the communication systems of the body quite interesting from this point of view because um, um, what bodies seem to do is there, there, there is a there is a certain level of redundancy um, um, uh, another way of another word for that is adaptive capacity so you you um, uh, so we've evolved with all this capacity to deal with things which are quite extreme and we walk around in normal. Sort of twenty-first century situations, and and uh, and and we should have a lot of spare capacity. We should have a lot of um, um, ability to deal with these things because the body is set up to deal with extremes. Um, so, um, one aspect of that redundancy uh, is is sort of parallel communication systems, and um, the the communication in the body is parallel for various reasons. The, the um, one of them is you have to you, you 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 have to have signals going at an appropriate speed for the particular processes involved. So, um, in order to have a continuity of experience, a lot of the um, electrical um, communication in the nerves and then the electronic communication with this more energetic aspect, uh, nerves have got um, um, a maximum. Frequency of like two or three thousand cycles a second, Um, um, but there was someone called Valerie Hunt who did some really interesting work back in the um, 1990s, um, and she looked at the EMG signals. And usually, what happens is the EMG is is the 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 muscular electrical activity. It's filtered at about three thousand hertz because they say well. Anything above that is just noise because nerves only work up to this frequency. So if it's Mm -hmm. above that noise. So she looked at this and said, Well, you know, there's all this extra information, what's it doing? And um and um she thought, well, okay, it's it's another level of communication. And um she knew someone who was um a medical psychic and she got them to um to describe the, the the colors that they were seeing around somebody, and she managed to find frequency patterns in this extra, um, in in this in this high frequency EMG, which um, um, which matched the colors. Mm, mm.
0: So, so, so a couple of different things that you're saying. One is about um, the fact that you know there is a communication that happens. Uh, at, you know, between the muscles and nervous system, um, at, you know, this electromagnetic level, mm-hmm. um, to that, uh, some of which in a way we know how they, uh, are perceived because we know the, the, the range of perception of the nervous system. Um, and so we'd assume that, um, some of the other uh, signals are lost or are just noise. But actually that experience showed that somebody could actually, uh, perceive what we think of as noise and, uh, perceive the colors uh, corresponding to the frequencies.
1: Yes, but not, not just that. Um, the, um, 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 she found that, that actually there were patterns in these different, um, there were different frequency bands up to about 300,000 hertz which is, um, a hundred times the, yeah. um, rural frequencies, okay. Now, there's another person has come up with a similar figure, um, and that's someone called Richard Fulton. So he's, um, 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 he's got about three PhDs, and he specializes in remote sensing satellites. Uh, <laughs> uh and, um, um, and he's got a patent out on, um, on the stru- on the electronic structure of the eye, so 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 what he's what he's more or less shown is that is that the way the um, um, is the way that the optic um, sensors are constructed is exactly the the physical construction of them is pretty well exactly the same as you have in the pixels on your LCD screen. Hmm um and um and so they yes, they work um, um yes, they work as an ordinary nerve synapse, but also they have this electronic communication capacity, which goes on top of that. so um, so our whole nervous system doesn't just work electrically. Um, with these nerve impulses, it also works electronically, and the electronic signal you can pick up with a little radio detector, um, which is what Valerie Hunt did. Um, and as I say, it goes up to it's it's another two orders of magnitude more more range on the electromagnetic spectrum. Now, because we are because we're living beings, um, um, we've got. We've got the ability to detect this, um, and, um, um, you, you, you can, um, so. So again, just
0: as I'm, again, I'm trying to, to, to digest a little bit, uh, what you're, 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 transmitting as information and, okay. and a sense that in a way, again, we're, we're very much veering from the notion of, um, uh, one, uh you know simple model of pieces talking about the the structure the energy part and uh you're talking about how uh, giving in a way examples of uh mm-hmm. the range of energy and of and of kinds of energies that is yeah. being transmitted as part of the normal functioning of mm-hmm. our body uh yeah. that in a way uh until recently we didn't even know existed Um, and are starting to pay attention to, even without not necessarily knowing what it does.
1: Well, I've been talking about the science, and actually people have known for ages that this stuff exists, because there are people who see colors around auras, Mm -hmm. and and you can be around somebody, and you can kind of feel the mood, and you can uh, get some sense of how they are, And, and... Yes there are subtle tells in, in in body language and that kind of thing but I think there's also also this um this very diffuse electromagnetic uh, information I think we also pick that up it's yeah. uh, so it's so
0: so we might be actually um be able to find a correlate to the intuition and the ability to pick up moods uh, in these electromagnetic signals uh yeah. that were not identified until recently
1: yeah So, um, so what I'm saying is that this, um, um, this um, particular—I mean—I'm making quite a few assumptions here because I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm having to create a model which fits. I'm having to create a model that fits my observations, and, and um, in the um, in the annals of of bodywork and all that lot, there's an awful lot of models which have turned out to be dead ends because people have tried to fit the science to the observations and they've, they've kind of they've, it's not worked so <laughs> I'm presenting and, and, and then it becomes an embarrassment for the next 10 or 20 years because um, um, because there it is in, in black and white and, and it's in these books by famous people um, um, so I may be presenting a model which is actually incorrect <laughs> the the um, um, but, but what I'm, <laughs> so I'll come back, I'll come back to this sort of, this basic statement. Um, consciousness, um, um, is, is a, is a field. It's not, um, it's not related to, um, it's not, it does not have to specifically reside in the body. It can be slightly separate from the body. Um, and, um, how far it can go from the body, on its own, I don't know. Um, but, but my experience is, is actually it can expand out quite a long way. So let, um, let's
0: give an example of what we mean by field uh, for people. Because, um, you know, it's like essentially you're saying that consciousness is not identical, is not to be reduced with the functioning of the brain or the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, saying it's a field uh, is, at the very basic way, saying it's more than just simply the re- being reduced to the organic functioning of the nervous system. But what else do you mean by field?
1: Um, okay. Well, again, um, maybe I should just sort of drop into another little bit of science. Um um, there's a guy called Albrecht Buhler who who um, is at Northwest University, uh, and um, quite a few years ago now he was given a grant to look at single cells um, from the point of view of deciding whether they could possibly be possibly exhibit um, um, indications that they were conscious in some way, and he's put all his research online, so you can see the little videos he took of the cells moving around. Um, um, they don't kind of look around and speak to the camera, but <laughs> but, uh, but they do. You can actually see them um, pausing, making decisions, deciding which way to go, backtracking and going, well, that didn't work, let's try the other way, um, In a in a way which is very difficult to explain if you assume that they're not conscious and aware. Um so um so every single cell in the body is conscious to some level. And what um Albrecht Buhler pointed out was that if you look at not just cells but at the organelles in cells, again they exhibit similar types of behavior. And he said that actually there is no obvious bottom limit to this. So uh, on one level, what I'm consciousness is not just, it's, it's, it's not that it's not just in the nervous system. It's every single cell has a consciousness and therefore it has an, and a certain level of intelligence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, and so, so what's happening is we're, we're shifting the definition of consciousness, uh, mm-hmm. because to, you know, the general public consciousness has to do with thinking, has to do with uh, uh, some kind of a cognitive process. But Mm -hmm. here, what we're talking about is simply looking at the behavior of the cell, Uh, Mm -hmm. say the kind of behavior it exhibits, manifests something that we call consciousness, and then the kind of consciousness that we have when we have a deliberate logical reasoning is simply an elaboration on that very basic process.
1: Yes, that's right. And um, um, okay, so the next little little chunk of science can bring us back to to where I kind of to my particular interest. So uh, again, a lady called Dana Zohar, um, she's um, um, a scientific philosopher. So she produced a theory back in the I think again the 1990s, um, saying that well, if con- if consciousness um, well, not if consciousness exists. Consciousness exists, and we can't explain it just by um, neurochemistry. So, uh, the most likely thing is that it's some kind of quantum effect. So then she said, "Okay, what structures in the body are there that can sustain a quantum effect that would have um, the which would have the properties of consciousness as we as as we experience it?" Um, and um the only structures that we know of that could do that are microtubules. Now these are, these are... Let,
0: let, let, let's slow down a little bit. When you say a quantum effect, you want to characterize a little bit what you mean by having a quantum effect?
1: Well, she, 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 I mean, it's, the whole, the whole thing is a little bit complex, but she basically said that if you, if you consider that consciousness is something that is beyond the capacity of just uh, of, of, of just plain um, sort of chemistry. Mm-hmm. Okay, then um, then the only um, mechanism that's known to science that would then um, that would w- that would then cover that would sort of have the properties that would. Um, Um, that would explain the known qualities of consciousness Mm -hmm. is some quantum field. And the only place you could have that quantum field existing is in a very, very small contained physical structure. So microtubules are about the only physical structure in the body which fit the bill. They have the the tube in the middle of them is is exactly the right size for a quantum... Field of the correct type to exist inside it.
0: So, so how does this quantum field work? You know, what what's uh, what? You know, in a in a nutshell, what does it do? How do, how is it a quantum field?
1: Okay. So she she described how you have um, a coherence between. Um, uh, firstly, microtubules are are quite interesting. There are more microtubules in the in in neural matter than in any other. So. So this kind of explains why the nervous system is so important. But microtubules are also in most other cells, and in particular, you get them in in uh, embryology. If there are no microtubules um, um, in um, in an embryo as it's growing, then then it, it, it cannot develop. Mm-hmm. So that so they are fundamental. So microtubules are fundamental to how um, um, to how embryos grow. This is really. Interesting point that. Um, and um, um, so, what she said is that, um, is that each microtubule has a quantum, some kind of quantum um, activity in it, and all of the different microtubules then resonate with each other, very much like a laser. Um, and the total effect is is something called a Bose-Einstein condensate. So. So essentially, you have all of these microtubules in the body and wherever they are cells or, or whatever all of the uh, um, um, all of the subatomic particles inside them are resonating with a common frequency, and there you have a field of consciousness which is this uh, which is this coherent field between all the microtubules mm-hmm. uh, so, so
0: so the um if we look at them as separate, you know, all these little particles mm. um, are separate. Mm-hmm. However, um, they have the ability to perceive the activity of each other, each s- other, yeah, so that they can actually get in resonance, in coherence. That's correct, uh, and adopt the same rhythm. And yes. so, the fact of being able to perceive the rhythm and together come to coherence Mm -hmm. uh, is described as consciousness.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, if the the thing about a coherent field of that kind is that it can be a unified field in the whole body, so every single microtubule is resonating with every other microtubule and and there is one coherent field. Now, this i think is quite unusual um and um one of the problems again that's that is so common in people i see coming to my clinic is there's this uh, there's this decoherence there's a fragmentation so there you can, there you have um, um it, if this model is right okay so this is one. this so this this quantum microtubule Bose Einstein condensate model is one way of explaining it. Okay, but even if it's the wrong, even if it's the wrong explanation, there's something happening which is, um, which is sort of more or less explained by this model. Okay, you understand what I'm yeah. saying.
0: So, what we're talking about is the fact that there is an ability at a very, very uh, micro level, um, of these various components, particles, Um, to, to resonate together. So whether it's this particular effect or something else, essentially the coherence we experience, uh, must be related to the coherence in the rhythm of our various micro component parts.
1: Yes, that's right. And not only that, they can also fragment. And so you can have several overlapping Um, zones of, of, of coherence, uh, which do not actually communicate very well with each other. So this is where, this is where things start to break down. And, uh, I didn't really get this until I started to look at extreme states. So there's, so I'm sure you've heard of dissociative identity disorder. Yeah. Okay. So this is where someone suffers really severe trauma um before the age of about seven. So they have a fragmentation of their personality, of their sense of identity, their personality. Um but that carries through into their physiology. Their physiology also becomes extremely compartmentalized.
0: Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about parts. Um -hmm. but what you're also saying is that these parts are not just abstract parts or psychological abstract, but there is in fact different circuits in which each circuit has an internal coherence, but yes. the various circuits are not coherent with each other.
1: That's correct. So it's so, so somebody who's suffering this extreme form of fragmentation, uh, if they're in one state, then you can give them a particular medication, say beta blockers, and it'll have an effect. And if they flip into another state, then those beta blockers will have absolutely no effect whatsoever. And so they're, they're, their physiology um, is so. This is so. This is quite fundamental, you know. If if you if you think you know that um, um, pharmaceuticals ought to have a universal effect, if they affect somebody once, um, then they should then then they shouldn't be able to flip into a different physiological state where they don't affect them. Mm-hmm, so this, mm-hmm. something is happening that's really deep in the system. Right, and, and so,
0: I, so in a way, this is a way to say that the what we call somebody is not an unchanging quantity,
1: <laughs> but
0: it's somebody yeah. at some point in time, yeah. and then there is a different state, and then it's a different situation.
1: Yeah. So, so DID is a quite an extreme version of this, mm-hmm. and I tried to make sense of it because my whole model as a therapist is a is comes from a vitalist point of view. So as a vitalist, I say, you know, everything has a positive function. It, it, the, the, the body doesn't do things at random. Um, we've evolved for over hundreds of millions of years and everything has a purpose. And, and so, so what's the purpose of this extreme fragmentation? Um, um, or 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 how is that fragmentation functional in some way? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I thought, you know, how how can it be functional? So I thought, well, do I fragment? What what happens when I'm walking around? And so I started to kind of think what what goes on in my daily life, which would uh, which would kind of relate even vaguely to this kind of thing and i realized that actually when i'm walking down the street i mean it's it's everyone's experience you walk down the street you don't need to think about your legs mm-hmm. you decide you're going to walk and and legs do the leg stuff and you you can forget them right um and so you can get it to really extreme versions um where <laughs> somebody can be um um Riding a uh, uh, driving a car. This is this is about the most extreme one. Okay, you can you can be driving a car. You can be talking to your passenger. You can be listening to some music that's on a CD. You can be looking out at the scenery and eating a sandwich. Okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, um, um, and there's so many people have the experience of driving where they just kind of zone out, or they're so occupied with other things that they've got no memory of of. Um, of using the gear stick, using the pedals. Yeah. And I with. and I
0: really love that example you're giving of the person driving, eating a sandwich, listening to music, talking to the passenger, because you know it's so normal that we take it for granted that's uh, you know that's what people do. And at the yes. same time, as you're describing it that way, it's very clear that you have different circuits and different states coexisting, yeah.
1: um,
0: and so it makes a lot of sense that in a way, uh, you know. The, this is a fragmented state.
1: Yes. So, um, so what they found in robotics is that, uh, in order to make, um, in order to make a robot which functions like a, a living animal, you, you, you can't have a central processor and that's the only thing. You have to have a distributed intelligence. Mm-hmm. So every joint or every limb has got its own little processor. And, um, and so you give general instructions. And then um at a local level, things are worked out in detail so this is um so this is how the, the 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 body works, but it's a little bit more than that. What it does is it um is it it slightly fragments you decide you're going to do a particular task, say walking down the road, and so what then happens is you is you decouple as this loose coupling where um where your brain sets off the legs and then it and then the legs go okay and And they carry on walking, so this might be working um in a hind brain at a hindbrain brain level, but actually I think it works at spinal nerve roots and possibly even in the limbs themselves mm-hmm. get um If you get a jazz pianist who plays really fast um, we were talking about nerve speeds and and whatever you you cannot get a signal from the fingers uh telling where they are to go to the brain and then back again fast enough to control the fingers. So somehow what's happening is the brain is giving general instructions and it's the body that's playing the music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so you're talking about the distributed processing at that lower, localized, decentralized level.
1: Yes. That's right. So, so then what happens? Um, so what happens when somebody gets into an overwhelmed state is that this um, is that this um, temporary decoupling which has a very useful function becomes stuck and so then you end up with um, some parts of the body um, um, you end up with some parts of the body in one set of coherence and they've not come back into the general set of the, mm-hmm. they've 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 kind of they they've, they've um, somehow that return back home is not possible mm-hmm. and um, um, and and my observation is that this isn't just something that happens to people who have DID or even PTSD this is something that um, this is something that affects pretty well everyone mm-hmm. quite a subtle level um, so you can think of tra- I, I hate the trauma word actually because it's so loaded, but you can, you can think of trauma as being everything from say full blown influenza right down to a little sniffle, you know, right. like you,
0: whatever, you grip- what, whatever it is that we are, di- we have difficulty, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, digesting.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And, and most people have got like a little sniffle in, but there's still, there is still this, um, slight, Loss of coherence, slight fragmentation that's occurred, and so we come back to where we started on this conversation then the um, the body doesn't quite repair itself so well because um, um, what seems to be necessary is is a is a continuity of um, of consciousness through the body um, and a coherence through through the body in order for the body to know. It's each part of the body to know its relationship to everything else and know what its job is and know how its structure should be, you know, so, so then this kind of changes how all the self-repair mechanism works. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It has quite, so it's not just a psychological thing, it has, it has sort of quite strong um, physical implications.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so it's 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 like it brings up uh, in a way as you're talking about this, it makes me think of the old uh, book by Freud about the psychopathology of everyday life, and here, uh, you know, you're talking about the everyday dissociation, uh, you know, that we all have to some degree or another. Mm-hmm. And and being aware of them as opposed to just thinking of dissociation as something that happens in a DID case or um, oh. in in extreme cases, and to to be conscious of that, and the interesting part also as you describe things this way is um, it puts a, a different perspective on mindfulness. Um, in the sense that we think that it's, it's really something that we're in a way, we, we, we're going to all, always have that tendency, which is very useful in lots of ways. Uh, yes. to to decouple things in order to be able to function, to do things. And it's wonderful and it's great, very productive, not just in terms of multitasking, but as you pointed out, also for, say, uh, you know, a concert pianist, probably a, a warrior, you know, Zen and the art of uh, the samurai, yeah. you know, Absolutely. includes some training in the, that nature. But there is also a price to pay for it and that uh, disconnection. And, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, the, the price is paid if if the disconnection becomes semi permanent instead of everything coming back, as I say, coming back home, coming back to a total coherence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, um, so this is really the um, this is really the tricky bit because again, as I said earlier, you don't. Uh, 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 how do you notice when something's missing? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so maybe in a way that's where we come back to the constructivism, the the social constructivism, the presence of other, um, because in a way it's in the presence of a witness that uh, we can become aware of mm-hmm. uh, something that somebody else notices is missing uh, mm-hmm. that we're not able to notice because it's missing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, so that's one so that's one way it works. Um, but I, um, um, but again, I've been um, um, working with this. Um, there's some really useful tools that are used for treating people who are traumatised, and and the, um, the 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 basic level of stabilisation that's that's used is uh, is teaching people how to find. Um, um, health and whole a sense of health and wholeness so so um so instead of um, instead of getting caught up in the trauma they're taught how to orient their attention to something which is which is okay and which is which is as it should be in, in inverted corners now now i i um, i think this is something which is generally applicable um, it's not just um, it's not just something that should be kind of retained for sort of trauma treatment because um, the, the the habit that we seem to have culturally is to continuously problem solve.
0: Right. And so, so what you're talking about is instead of going into uh, problem and problem solving, to go into what functions well, so that's a resourcing mode, Yes. Of um, looking at what functions well, and so from that place from the what functions well in a way get into an entrainment of um, good coherence where yeah. that has the potential to grow and create a larger container where the uh, non integrated parts can find a way to be integrated
1: absolutely absolutely, um, which is why the heart math process works if you're if you 're familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, um, but that's you know that's just one that's just one way in. Um, there's there's uh, there's lots of ways in, but the the, the main thing is is uh, is actually cultivating a habit of of um, of uh, particularly with the body of becoming aware of the body um, in its health rather than just kind of noticing it when something's going wrong and putting the attention there. Mm-hmm. Because as far as the um, as far as your physiology is concerned what happens if you keep looking just at what's wrong then it creates the ideal situations for things like central sensitization in pain Um, and and it tends to if there is any fragmentation it tends to it tends to increase it rather than reduce it
0: right because also when you're talking about paying attention to what's right it's that what's right is a general sense of well-being. It's, uh, it's, it's the whole organism as opposed to I have a pain here or a pain there or this is not working, which is the fragmenting in you know, way in and of itself.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So as, as we're, we're coming to the end, I want to check, um, you know, how, you know, whether this feels like a good place to end or whether you want to add something to, uh, uh, to conclude this.
1: Um, um, no, that seems that seems fine. Uh, except your 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 last comment almost seemed to kind of um, imply that um, that a very general awareness was um, 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 was 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 what was going to reverse it. And actually, the um, from a practical point of view, it's curiosity and very specific awareness mm-hmm. which creates the depth of, of presence and connection to the tissues, which then has the effect. Um, and yes, that will then, that then grows into something which is, which is general and whole body, but it requires something very specific and, and quite focused. So, um, um, the, the, I, I, I've, I've become, I become a little bit nervous of of playing vanilla mindfulness from this point of view because the um because what it can do is 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 if people allow their attention to um to, to go wherever it's pulled, it's always the loudest noise that's kinda of going, here I am, look, with pain, uh which will take their attention. So it's really important to recognise we have choice
0: mm-hmm,
1: and mm-hmm. senses and where we put our attention. And um, and it's it's only when a sufficient depth of presence is attained in the tissues that um, that the, that a, a coherence can be cultivated.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I want to highlight, you know, very important part. Uh, you're saying, hey, it's not just uh, yeah, the general sense well-being in you know, a broad way. Okay, got it. Check mark. Move on. But uh, you, you use the two words, you just, uh, you use the word curiosity, and then you use the word choice. Uh, and so it's an active process, there's an intentionality of exploring. So a sense of, you know, I, I'm curious, I want to explore uh, the sense of well-being, and so direct my attention to this part, that part, the breathing, the sensation, in that part of the body, the muscle uh, you know, and the experience of the whole process, so that um, it is about being, uh, you know, in that curious and voluntary way, involved in the present-moment experience of the organism as a whole functioning well.
1: That's correct. Mm-hmm. That's correct.
0: Yeah, great. Mm. Thanks, Andrew. Mm-hmm. This is part of the Active Pause podcast at activepause.com.
1: It's always the loudest noise that's kind of going. Here I am, look with pain, uh, which will take their attention. So it's really important to recognise we have choice, mm-hmm, senses, and where we put our attention, and um, and it's it's only when a sufficient depth of presence is attained in the tissues that. Um, that, that, that a, a coherence can be cultivated. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so, so I want to highlight, you know, very important part. Uh, you're saying, hey, it's not just, uh, yeah, the general sense, well-being in you know, a broad way. Okay. Got it. Check mark. Move on. Oh, but, exactly. uh, you, you use the two words. You just, uh, you use the word curiosity and then you use the word choice. Uh, and so it's an active process, there's an intentionality of exploring. So a sense of, you know, I, I'm curious, I want to explore uh, the sense of well-being, and so direct my attention to this part, that part, the breathing, the sensation, in that part of the body, the muscle, uh, you know, and the experience of the whole process, so that um, it is about being uh, you know, in that curious and voluntary way involved in the present moment experience of the organism as a whole functioning well.
1: That's correct. Mm-hmm. That's correct.
0: Yeah, great. Mm. Thanks, Andrew. This is part of the Active Pause podcast at activepause.com.